Yo, 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 what up, man? It's been a while. I was looking at my dates like, woo. I haven't released an episode in a long time. But anyway, welcome back to Football Without Hesitation. I am your host, Oz. Here we are talking about San Jose Earthquakes, Major League Soccer, American Soccer, Selena Soccer, all kinds of soccer. Um, but yeah, soccer, baby. We talking soccer. Uh, like I said, it's been a while. It's been a while since... Since uh, I think it was August, the last episode came out, and the Quakes have just added three, what, three or four losses to that <laughs> to their record. That's the only thing that's different. Uh, they're still at the bottom, uh, last place in the Western Conference, twenty points, four eighteen and eight. Damn, damn. Um. We'll get into the last two games for that Atlanta game. I mean, that beating a dead horse or whatever. But I still had, I didn't get to say my point, man. I mean, I had it in I've been had it in my head the whole time, and I'm like, fuck. When I do my episode, I'm gonna say my piece about what I thought of what happened at, during Atlanta or at the Atlanta game. Um. So, so yeah. So Atlanta. Speaking of Atlanta, they they lead the supporter shield now. With 63 points, followed by New York Red Bulls, I believe. New York Red Red Bulls. Let me see. Actually, let's see, let's see what, how, how it's been updated today. Nope, still the same. You still got you got Atlanta United up uh, again, leading the Supporter Shield race. 63 points. New York Red Bulls right behind them. 59 points. It's going to be pretty interesting, I guess. Um, for anybody not familiar with that. Supporter Shield goes to the winner of the, the again the team that has the best record during the regular season, which that should be the championship. I don't I don't fucking get the playoffs. I mean I get the playoffs. They they make way more money and they I guess there's some drama to them. But I'm like just add eight games to the season and fucking get rid of the playoffs. That's dumb. We fucking playing the final on December in December. With fucking teams in Toronto and shit. Like, come on, man. Come on. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> Atlanta, leads Atlanta still got that lead on the Supporter Shield. Um, again, yeah, real quick. I want to get into the Atlanta thing again. It's been beaten, talked about already for, for so much. But the thing that got me, looking at the rules... And I know this is at this point you're just splitting hairs, and and when the season's gone like this, as a as a supporter, this is all you can do. <laughs> this is all you can do. It's like if you would have followed the rule to the T, we may have an extra win. Um, but anyway, yeah, in in on that handball call after the Wando goal, there I after the handball, Atlanta kept possession, and then the Quakes took possession. And there were several times for for the ref to have to have stopped play and said, "Hey, uh, the VAR said I should look at this," and I agree with him. Um, but he waited thirty three seconds. I don't that that's what what bothers me. And if you look at the again in the rule book, it says the next time it's in a neutral zone. And if possession changes at some point, it was in a neutral zone. But anyway. That's all I had to say. I've been I've been sitting on for like two weeks. <laughs> it's like nah, man. Um, but anyway, the the rest it's lame. I I, I didn't like it. obviously 
it ended up in a Quake's loss. But 33 seconds after the fact, like it, there's got to be some, I don't know about some time limit because there's some just pretty egregious stuff. But I think it's something like the advantage, you know, uh, when an, an advantage is called on the pitch, it doesn't last forever. And it's up to, to, the, to the ref to kind of decide when he feels like enough time has elapsed or was the team still in, in the advantage. Um, but really... I'm just a bitter fucking fan that wanted to just fight. Oh my god, that one felt so good. New coach. Well, speaking of that, yeah, it's been that long. So Starry's gone. Starry's gone. Ralston's in. Um, and dude, I mean, boy, they're all in two. That that Atlanta game looked really good, and the Los Angeles game it, it looked better even. Um, but. I came across this this article in it's in a Spanish newspaper, but they they interviewed Anibal Godoy, and it's so so interesting. I think that there's some pretty good tidbits in here. I, I haven't seen anyone mention it, but he he definitely mentions it that the the change in formation he says has has really cha- helped the team, and that he's really helped uh, defensively. He said, oh, the, the switch to a 4-3 through three or the 4-1-4-1 four, one, four, one has given us more stability defensively and with the ball as well. Again, these are my translations. This is in Spanish. But, and he speaks so positively, actually. It's so interesting. He, he's so like, we, we tried our best. Every game we tried our best, um, and it just didn't work out. And it, that's what I found so interesting. I mean, he has, I, I don't know his personality. You know, that this is a, another reason why why I do this show is I want to start learning about these people and, uh, and you know, interacting with them and introducing them to the, to the supporters, to the fan, to the farther fan base, you know. Um, but anyway, it, it, it was interesting how positive he was about this season and how disappointed he seemed to be that it didn't work out. He didn't, you know, he had n- nothing but good things to say about Starre and but he's just like it just didn't click. And then that, yeah, he says there, the team was always always had a good disposition uh in the on the trainings. They were all you know, and we were always good for the games, but those are the results. No, but it's about the results. We 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 wouldn't we didn't win. We'd go to practice. We'd we'd try our best. We'd play and and we wouldn't win, and that hurt. Uh, but he said, but the team was always willing to to put in that effort. He does mention that the one thing he is that he that he does not like, and then that he was really upset about is that they could not win at home this year. And it, that's really interesting for him to say that. And again, as a fan, it is frustrating the team for the team not to be able to win at home. Uh, but obviously, they're they're also aware of it and very frustrated themselves. And then he goes on to mention that the team really did go, go flat once once they got eliminated from the playoffs because there was nothing to fight for. And that takes me right back to the whole playoff thing from from earlier. Why? I mean, if granted, at some point you're going to be eliminated, even if there's no playoff system. But it, you have a lot, 
more opportunity. I don't know. Obviously, the the team it affected the team, but hey, that that that's MLS. Fuck it, that's the rules. Them's is the breaks, homie. <laughs> but yeah. Pero el pero ellos el panameño tiene claro que la búsqueda del nuevo entrenador para tiene que pasar por unos. Oh, okay, he's a, he doesn't want. He wants some uh, a a trainer that'll push the team. Oh. Um, but anyway, it was just it was interesting that it, it's this. Anibal Godoy and the year to forget for San Jose. That's the that's the name of the title of the article in in Spanish. Uh, Anibal Godoy y el año para el olvido de San Jose. And and yeah, it has been probably the the worst season, definitely the worst season since they since they came back. Um, I, I guess there's four games left. They could change that, you know, maybe four three to three nil uh, wins. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I, I don't expect anything. Um, and th that's kind of cool at this point. Is is also the the players kind of. Could, are a little bit looser now, you know. They they know that the coaching situation is going to be different next year. They know they're not in the playoffs, so they can just play these final four games for themselves. Um, and hopefully, hopefully something it, it works, man. Because uh, that's tough as a fan. <laughs> it's so tough, man. Um, but the stadium's fucking cool. The stadium's cool. The environment's cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to keep fucking going. I don't give a fuck. But, damn, but, hey, this year, again, season has been way better. They have conceded way more goals. They've conceded 52 goals this year. Shit. They, only, they gave up 60 last year, so seven games left. Mm. Hey, you got to keep them to the under, under one goal a game. It's going to be tough. But they have they have more goals. They already have 41 goals this season, and last season they had 39. And again, there's still seven games left, so that number should go up a little bit. But I don't know. Anyway, next game they're playing Houston. Next game is against Houston. Houston, congratulations, you little bitches. Just <laughs> okay. I mean, I can't. I. I, I They always, always have a major chip on my shoulder for that team. They, that 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 was, um, it's it's so interesting to to see. Well, not interesting. It fucking sucks, dude. What's happening to to the crew? Uh, same shit. Same shit's happening, and more more dragged out, man. Back back over there. Back when they took the team originally, it was just like you woke up and it was like, oh, the team. Oh, they're the Houston Dynamo now. You're like, what the fuck? Like it was not even any time to process it, but this this Columbus Crew thing has been dragged out, and that shit that shit fucking sucks for the fans, dude. And they don't deserve that. They just want to go support their fucking hometown squad, and and again for just rich people using these teams as like a a bank account is just dumb. But whatever. Again, that's this country. That that's how it goes. That's that again. Them's is the breaks, yo. But man, I don't know. This this league, dude. This fucking rule. This they're talking about changing the number of designated players. 
They're gonna they're gonna take it. so again. So for, for those unfamiliar with that, the designated player rule that I, I believe it. I think it started with Beckham, right? I think it started with Beckham. Don't quote me on that. Google it yourself. Do your own research. Um, but yeah, the that allows teams to play pay again up to three designated players more than the maximum allowed by the league, and that has allowed um, the teams to spend more and bring in bigger name players. And it it has done exactly that. <laughs> teams has started to spend more, have bought in a bigger, better name players, and there's some teams that are definitely uh, much better at that than others. And it looks... I mean, I don't know. This is all rumors, you know. Like, I'm, I'm not in in the MLS offices, but it's the 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 rumor is that the it's the cheap owners or quote unquote I don't want to say cheap frugal frugal that there you go that that's nicer. So the frugal owners of Major League Soccer are are getting upset that there's you know people are actually spending money now, so. They, in the name of parity, well, said let's adjust the rules. Having three designated players is too much. I mean, a team can spend whatever the hell they want on three, three, you know, three out of eleven. That that's a that's a pretty big number. Um, so so they want to bring it down to two and and then do something with the target. Uh, Okay, if a player wants three DPs, they will have to pay the league 150 grand, which will then go, it goes to general allocation money that gets split up to teams that have two or fewer designated players. Um, I, again, I don't know where that this rumor came from, I don't, so I don't know how accurate any of those numbers are or if if they're actually even really discussing it. It seems like a total MLS thing to do. Like, hey, man... We're growing at a pretty good rate. How could we trip ourselves up? Okay. Let's let's let the frugal teams dictate terms. I mean, come on. I'm Well, and being a, a, again a supporter of one of the frugal teams, that I don't know. I don't know. I I, I ain't with it. I ain't with it. I think teams if owners are willing to spend more now, then they should be able to. This league is in a phase where, I mean, again, the controlled growth has been, they've been trying, you know, they've been doing that for a long time, and it, it has been successful because here, here's the league, you know, 22 years later, and it's it's still growing. It's still growing strong to cities. I mean, dude, St. Louis... They revived the plans to like build a stadium, and it was like all over the fucking internet, all over the news and stuff. Like St. Louis was like, ah, we want an MLS team. Like every city wants an MLS team now. It's fucking crazy. Um, but uh, so so yeah. So if teams, if certain owners want to spend more, we're we're in that era. They should be allowed to, and and I don't know. People are gonna say you. I don't know how you would force out. Uh, frugal owners, and or owners like uh, that uh, pre-court guy, pre-court. I don't know how to say his name, but that just you know, just treat the team as a a commodity. You know, something that they could use to make money, and don't really care about the history or anything. 
Um, how how do you get those owners out of the league? Uh, I, I I mean, you can't. People are gonna automatically go to pr pro rel, promotion relegation. Promotion relegation will help all this. I don't know. I'm I'm I I get the excitement and the and also the the need of a of a team that's about to get relegated to to play better, and so that that seems like like. I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on it. I, I see the tricky shit that they they do in Mexico. You tell me fucking Chivas or America is ever going to get relegated? Come on. Um. So, and, and then you see in England as well, there's no... There's, you know, four or five teams that go back and forth from, from league to league. Most teams stay in one fucking league and go down. It's so you know the uh, premiership is is just too it's too expensive. That shit's fucking crazy. This is like Hollywood, <laughs> soccer Hollywood stuff over there. Um. Anyway, I, I'm I'm again I'm talking out of class. Obviously, I, I I don't know too much about you know the actual technicalities of promotion relegation, but I don't know in a country like the United States where so much money comes from like TV and all this stuff, um, and, and advertising and marketing and. I, I don't know. You know, will, will would Sutter Health pay the same to to sponsor an MLS jersey versus a USL jersey or whatever the second division is going to be called? And yeah, well, okay, well, if the team played better, well, what if you're stuck with a shitty owner? It doesn't. That does not help the shitty ownership. Um, a, a, a team, a San Jose Earthquakes in second division. What, what are people just gonna all riot on the fucking stadium? Come on, come on. Um, and and Lou Wolf ain't getting rid of this team anytime soon. This team is so valuable. Are you, uh, man, I've been doing this thing trying to figure out the whole ownership group and who built the stadium and who owns the land and all that. And the San Jose Earthquakes and, you know, through Lou Wolf and everything, they own the land that the stadium's on and the stadium. And at the far edge of the parking lot there, that dirt lot, Lou Wolf owns another lot that he's going to put a bunch of uh, residential. Dude, when that whole lot is built out, it's going to be freaking cool, man. It's going to be a fucking cool-ass neighborhood. Um, yeah, so I, I actually don't, yeah, don't make it seem like I'm, talking shit about them or anything because it, it they look it looks like great plans uh, but anyway what I'm what I'm trying to get at is this team is is valuable just it, it's in San Jose it's one of the original franchises split in two um and and uh, these teams like I was just mentioning that everyone's dying to get one of these teams they're going up in value naturally these teams are just going up in value just because people are paying 250 fucking million just to get into the league. Uh, and they're going to keep paying that. And cities are, I don't, dude. It's, that's interesting. MLS, dude, and you could, you're talking about letting them spend less, dude. MLS got to get your shit together. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so, so the team's going to get, Increase in value because of that, because it's naturally increasing in value because 
Everybody wants one of these teams. And then again, they own the land and the stadium. That, of course, increases your value. You you own your own fucking house. Um, and then it's in that neighborhood, that whole development, man. That's gonna it, it's gonna be a, a hot ticket item. Is you know all the rents are gonna be expensive. It's gonna be people are gonna, it's gonna be within walking distance of you know once all that residential gets built out. It's I don't know. And the team is it's just and it it's gonna be so wealthy, and Lou Wolf is a smart businessman. I mean, look at his history. If you see anything, he's he's a, a smart businessman. And why would he sell this team? Why? Why would unless someone comes in with like what five hundred million, six hundred million, even that? Why? In ten years, naturally, this is. I, yeah, I, billion dollar franchise. I don't know about that, but dude, you own they own a hundred million dollar stadium. They're they're right next to one of the hottest developments in the in San Jose. I only say that because it. I just saw that it the that Hunter Storm development right next door to the stadium. Hunter Storm also part owner of the earthquakes. Um, it just got a speculative, speculative, I don't know how you say that word, speculative project of the year, which makes it sound bad. That sounds like a dude, what the fuck that that's an award, but, uh, I guess that's an award. And uh, I'm telling you this, that space is being sold as it's being, you know, before it's even built, it's already being sold. So that's going to be a hot neighborhood. this team's gonna be worth a lot of money. So I'm trying to get at <laughs> with all this long-winded talk, all this bullshit. Is I just trying to I, this? Um, I guess I'm trying to make the lessen the pain because the reality is that Lou Wolf is gonna own this team for a while, um, and they're 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 not gonna change their spending ways. Uh, I'm, I I don't mean to say that. Lou Wolf is frugal, but looking at his history um, with his ownership of the A's, um, and and also looking at at some of the the initial talks with between them and the city of when they wanted to build the stadium, dude. Two of my favorite tidbits here when I, when I was doing that research. One, they wanted to bring over the stadium from from Buckshaw, which uh, I mean I don't know. I guess it was a pretty neat. Iconic scoreboard. Did I say what did I say? Scoreboard. Yeah, scoreboard. Uh, they wanted to bring the scoreboard from Buckshaw. Okay, <laughs> so the city the city put it into writing. They're like, okay, you can do that, but as soon as possible, you got to spend like you know two million dollars at least on a fucking cool score scoreboard. And then also, uh, before much before this, their initial plan in the city one of the city documents the city says that the stadium looks like a a what is it a basic version of a municipal stadium which i'm like damn how much cat i mean this is fucking you know like boring city council stuff like how much how much caddy can you be in a report or not caddy i mean i guess that's that's the wrong term but how much like they're fucking they they let them know you know like this is shit dude 
you got to come with something better. Um, and which, again, that was interesting to me. Huh. This guy seems frugal. Um, and But also very smart. Like I said, he's a very smart businessman, very successful businessman. And he's already a fucking billionaire. And he's only going to get wealthier both by owning this team and also the, the other projects he has going on in the same development. So, so, so buckle up, Quakes fans. I guess that's all I got to say, man. Because this dude's probably going to own this team for a while. It's going to be up to the general manager. I, I believe that that's how it'll go. This, uh, the general manager will pretty much have, a, a, you know, a, a huge full control of the team. And and yeah, and and the ownership will, will just will just keep watching their money pile grow. Hope I mean hopefully I I mean I don't care about that. You're a fucking businessman. That's what you're supposed to do. But hopefully at some point they figure out that winning championships will will increase that value quicker, and we'll get more asses in seats. Speaking of that, I got to get my ass off this seat. Thanks again for listening. Football without hesitation, baby. Uh, uh, what is this episode? 89, 88 or something like that. Uh, at FWH podcast on Instagram at Baldini 10, B-A-L-D-I-N-I 10 on Twitter. Reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Will will somebody come in and buy the quakes? Or are we stuck with the wolf ownership for the foreseeable future? Peace out.